right. All right. All right. All right. We're recording now. Sweet. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready for this? Is yes, your body I am. ready? I think so. Okay. As ready as I'll ever be. Well, hello, everyone. As always, Josh here with Jackass Philosophy. Today, I have my friend Kayla on. How are you doing? I'm okay. I am ready to get my problems fixed <laughs> and have <laughs> my fellow uh, philosophy thinker person to help me figure out my life. And hopefully, you will be able to do that for me. I See, I, I don't want to try to figure out your life, but we could definitely have conversations. So, Kayla's been having a lot of angst i was gonna use that word exactly <laughs> some <laughs> some existential angst going on yes. and uh you know she want to come on on and talk about it so what what just to give people a background who are you and why 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 have you been feeling this way lately i do have a rather longer anecdote to kind of explain that what, do you want me to condense that um, no yeah no just or just, just go just, go ahead all yeah. right well so i am i'm kayla i am a nursing student um I had my, I guess, angst, you could say, began over, like many people, over quarantine, over summer. I knew I needed to do something with my t free time that everyone did have. Um, so I tried, I decided I've always wanted to develop my skills with piano. And I was like, all right, this is the time I'm going to develop this and really going to work on this. So I did it and I was consistent with it for once. And I remember like, like towards the end of summer, I was like, this is sweet. I really got better at this and this is super cool. I have this skill that I did not used to have before. Okay. Yeah. And, but then it was the weirdest thing ever. I just kind of sat there and I was like overwhelmed with panic because I realized like I had so many options to choose from and I could basically like so many choices and I regretted so many things in my life because there were so many things I could have possibly done. And I was like, wow, I did something with myself. I worked on a skill and I got better at it. And I could do this for anything. And my life can go in so many different directions. Okay. And yeah. I was just so stressed about that. And that just led me into this phase of like, I was obsessed with productivity because I was like, I need to be the best version of myself. I need to do all these actions and I need to do everything that will get me to be my true self. And I guess that is where I discovered existential philosophy because I realized that we are so free. Like we are like literally we could do anything we wanted and we have endless opportunities and we could do anything that we could ever want to do. And it just was so overwhelming. Like it was paralyzing mm -hmm. to me. Okay. And yeah. every, basically every, in for a brief period of time, I was overwhelmed by every decision that would could possibly be presented to me. Like I would be indecisive about what to eat for dinner. I would be indecisive about um, when I should study. Should I study in the morning? Should I study at night? And it was so draining. And I would be presented these options. Like th I remember one time I was like, I could either work out or I could hang out with my friends. And I didn't know what to do. I was so overwhelmed. And then I kind of went in this downward spiral where I just stopped choosing and it kind of put me into this depression for a kind of a long period of time, like a couple months. Like Interesting. Okay. It's so I, I, the way I coped with the freedom I was aware of was just by not choosing and temporarily provided the sense of comfort, but, but, it, but ultimately that is still a choice. Yeah. Too. It's still a choice for sure. And it's totally an irrational sense of comfort because there are two good things. I could work out or I could hang out with friends. Both are two op good options, but I chose neither. Mm -hmm. And 
that is what was my downfall. Um, so has has looking at existential philosophy helped you at all? Like, have you been have you been looking at like Sartre or? I did look oh. into Sartre. Okay. Um, he. So basically, to my knowledge, you can also add or correct me. Uh-huh. Um, like, um, existence precedes essence. So you define your life um, the way you want to. I think existential philosophy, though, it kind of it stressed me out because he was aware that we are condemned to freedom, um, and it's ironic, but that freedom had is what made me not feel free. Like, it p- made me feel trapped into this endless. P- world of possibilities okay did you grow up um any like with any religion any christianity or anything like like that just just... i in a way yeah my parents did um put me into religious education like i would go to sunday school and i was raised catholic but pretty early on i knew i didn't believe in god it wasn't a huge deal i just knew i i i I was a good kid i would go to religious ed and i would learn i would learn what i needed to learn but in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, this, this just doesn't add up in my head. So I, I've never had anything to hinge on to, to cope. Like a lot of people rely yeah, on that yeah. to cope, but Re- I yeah. never did that. For sure. Religion, I mean, for a lot of people, it is kind of their way to feel better about what life is. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to, it, it is a coping me- mechanism, mm-hmm. like you said, um, but it's really, I find that really interesting that you kind of did come from a religious background because, you know, I went to Catholic school, kindergarten mm-hmm. through senior high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always say things like, oh, it's in God's plan. Like, God is watching out for you. God is this, God and that, and God, whatever. Mm-hmm. And to me, that never made sense because if God knows everything that's going to happen, it's like, then there's an issue. Either God doesn't know that everything's going to happen and we have free will. Or we don't have free will and we're all determined to do whatever the fuck we want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was really hard to deal with. Um, but I think existentialism in a way, like, it really helped me because I was, let's see, the first time I I studied it, I want to say I was like 19 or 20, I want to okay. say. Um, but we went over a whole bunch of... Um, existentialist philosopher so like Sartre right he was a he was actually I believe he was in the holocaust he was a Jewish guy in the holocaust right and he was super Jewish before this fly is ridiculous it's like (laughs) on my nose you guys can't see this but there's a fly like right on my nose I was gonna say like hopefully (laughs) this doesn't interfere with anything what are you doing leaving your hand (laughs) try Uh, not to laugh to myself yeah um anyways so you know he actually lived through it I think a lot of his family died or whatever Mm mm-hmm And um, with him coming out of that, he had to come face-to-face with, like, certain realities of life, right? Um, One is, like, the angst, right? We were talking about angst earlier. Just to give a brief background, like, existential angst is, like, the angst of us, like, being well aware that we have complete freedom to do what we want to do and that we're going to die one day. And there's, like, nothing that's ever going to change that. Right. Um. But with having that complete freedom, it kind of provides us with the opportunity to do anything we want to do to make ourselves happy, right? And, you know, it's just interesting to me that you kind of took that in a way of like, oh, this is too much freedom. So would you say you kind of like having people tell you what to do? Or do you like, uh, that's 
that's my question for you. So do you want someone to be like, hey, I want you to follow this path? I think, I think in the time of my life of that panic mode was when I feel like I didn't know who I was. So I think in that moment, I wanted someone to do that for me. They, I wanted someone to direct me and give me a path for myself. I think it's so important to have values and have an authentic self mm-hmm. to follow by. And I think that was my downfall was I just, I was stuck because I, I felt like I was not the person I wanted to be in that moment. And I was trying so hard to work on something to better myself. And I just didn't know what that was. Like, I didn't know if I should uh, pursue music or if I should pursue weightlifting because um, the listeners don't know, but I have competed in weightlifting for a while and that was kind of my identity. And I was kind of questioning if that was something I really, really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I think I had to go into um, this, I guess, I guess by definition in an existential crisis in order to figure out um, who I was so that I would feel comfortable making these decisions for myself. Because so, in that moment, I just didn't know what was what was for me. Because I remember learning that Sartre was very avid about in order to live fully in the existential world, like you need to just follow your authentic self. But mm-hmm. I had a problem with that because didn't I didn't really know who know. I didn't know who my authentic self was in the gotcha. moment. So I wish I w- was presented a condensed list of options and not so much so much of a broad of a broad freedom yeah Yeah. so that was my issue then gotcha that's impressive that you because you went out and found existentialism right Mm -hmm. that's impressive because a lot of people i was talking with jen earlier Mm -hmm. and um i was saying that everyone around because kayla's a little younger than me how old are you i'm 20 yes so yeah you know i I think everyone like from 18 to 20 like everyone kind of goes through this phase of like who the fuck am I? Like, right. I know. Every, no, I know that it's very normal to go through that. Yeah, and thing. everyone does. And yeah. not only, like, who the fuck am I? Like, you're trying to figure out what is this world, right? I mean, like, we're these, essentially, If you, if you have you seen Avatar? Like, the blue yes. people? Yeah, like, we're essentially these avatars of, like, consciousness just trying to, like, figure out yeah. everything. We can see everything in the past perfectly, like, 2020 vision, and then everything in the future is a mystery, but mm-hmm. our brains are, like, trying to figure out what the hell's going on? Right. It's, 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 you know, it's a lot to cope with. Um, but it's interesting that you, you stuck to that. And what I mean by that is like you stuck to the f- whole freedom aspect. Cause a lot of people don't, I see a lot of people asking the question, like, do we live in a simulation or, um, how do I know if anyone else is real? Because like, ultimately we could, we're all kind of like stuck in our mm-hmm. own heads and we don't know if some, if like I don't know if you're you're real. I assume and I'm pretty sure you're real. <laughs> but if I ask I hope you so. <laughs> if I ask you if you're real I don't know. <laughs> you're well, <laughs> well most people you'd be you'd be like, Yeah, of course I'm real. And then I'd be yeah. like, Well my brain of course would try to trick me into you know what I mean? There's like it's, everything's we're real to ourselves, but like I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough to think about. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's you know uh, Besides that point, like, right. I, I, I think it's really interesting that you kind of found that way to help with you going through this growing phase. Okay. Well, I like that positive outlook. Yeah. <laughs> so did it, did it actually help you get through that? What ended up helping you kind of get through those, that time? Well, 
there were things that I tried. I obviously did a ton of research. Um, I, I tried looking, I initially tried looking at life from the deterministic point of view. So I was presented that, um, my brother actually brought it up when I was talking to him about it. And at first I was like, weren't, weren't, life isn't determined. Like we have free will. Like this is, I'm totally making a choice to pick up my water and drink it. Like that, that is me. I am choosing that. But then he was talking about it and I was like, shoot, oh, we're shit. just, we're just in, <laughs> everything is just physics and we're, we're just like agents and like cause and effect and all that is super real. Like there's no way I know that this is my choice because like I would have had to choose something else. And there's no way to know if I would have chosen that thing. So I was, so I, I tried to grasp onto that and kind of ease my stress from having to make difficult decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and for a while it helped because it numbed me feeling accountable for your own life. My, yeah. But in a way I, I, going deeper into it, I was like, well, yes, I'm numbing the pain of regret, but I'm numbing the satisfaction of my accomplishments. Like, sure. cause, cause right. I'm also, right. I'm also saying that that wasn't me. Like everything that I've, everything that I've been proud of of myself in the past wasn't me either. It was, it was meant to be, yeah, it was it meant was, to be. So I was so like, happened to, yeah. right. So then it was just kind of like, okay, this isn't super satisfying view for me right now either, because I just, I feel very disconnected from myself. I kind of feel like the world is just happening to me mm-hmm. and I'm not participating in a way. So that right. was initially how I tried to cope, but I realized that wasn't the most effective view long term i think so where are you at right now what would you say i'm 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 in a pretty good place right now i would say i i think it's mostly just me and jenny actually just talked about this like two days ago like because she was having she said she was having trouble with her anatomy class because she felt consumed by it she thought it was so difficult and she had very high standards for herself she realized she wasn't just enjoying the little things in life Mm -hmm. like how she should and she like has this idea of her purpose, like being a really good student and obviously excelling in medicine and becoming a good doctor. And she has that high standard for herself. But then we realized like, you don't really need a purpose. Like you don't need defining aspects about yourself. You kind of just need to enjoy the day to day. Um, and implementing that has helped a lot. It's allowed me to be more present with people. Sure. I don't have to be over consumed with the idea of becoming the best version of myself. Like I was like, I was obsessed with bettering myself. I would like, I remember like I, I, my family would say, Hey, you want to watch this show with us tonight? And I would be like, I feel like that's not productive. I need to go and read Mm -hmm. an intellectual book instead. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, I don't. You just need to enjoy spending time with your family. So I think that that's where I'm at now. I just appreciate the, the, the little so things, cheesy kind of. yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like yeah it's, it's just a better way of saying journey over destination like we're not outcomes focused we're just yeah. experiencing the now it's kind of it's kind of hard especially in the united states because we're so outcome driven as a culture i was gonna bring that up like i realized like we're so individualistic so we just we try to define ourselves so much but like i know that like eastern culture like they're very duty focused mm-hmm. and they kind of just like yeah, we have to take care of our family when they get old. Yeah, we have to work. Yeah, we have to, we just get married and we have a family and we go to a routine and that's normal. And then, but we have to be like unique. We have to make a name for ourselves. And I don't right, know. Right, right. Yeah, it's, 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 
it's it's kind of it's hard right because yeah you know in the united states i you know i can't really speak for anywhere else mm-hmm. i mean i know in eastern like you said they they do f- are more communal focused mm-hmm. and stuff like that but i think a lot of people think that whatever you do in your life that is what you are going to be if you are going to be let's say a nurse mm-hmm. a lot of people become a nurse and they identify with a nurse right mm-hmm. so i took this patient i'm an emt so i took this right. patient one time and she used to be a, a pediatric nurse. Okay. Okay. Um, she worked at a local hospital where I work, and she retired, and then she ended up kind of going into a depression, got really, really overweight. Mm-hmm. She was like 350 pounds, like couldn't move, like whatever. We were taking her, in, taking her in. And I was talking with her, and I was like, man, like how long were you a nurse for? She's like, I was a nurse for 40 years. Heck, a long time. And I asked her, I was kind of like, hey, so why did you stop working? What what happened? And she said, well, it was kind of a forced retirement because I was getting so old. But, man, I wish I never did because my life kind of just spiraled down. And I was thinking to myself, it, I think that's a huge issue in United States culture that we start to identify with what we're doing and not who we are. Because... I think you could like your job. Don't don't get me wrong. I think everyone should at least <laughs> bare yeah. minimum like, you know, power through their job. Exactly, yeah. But identifying with the idea of let's say with her being a nurse, that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. You just happen to be doing that, right? Exactly. And um I think that is something that us as a society needs to work for. Work yeah. work towards, you know. I I completely agree and like I I realize that that kind of concept is kind of why some people peak in high school, like athletes, they consume, (laughs) I don't know, like, because I don't blame them, like, they've just been raised, like, as a football player, like, their whole life, Mm -hmm. and then when that ends, they don't know what to do, like, that's their identity, and that's that's what makes sports kind of dangerous in a way, Um, it just kind of, it, it takes you away from who you could be, and you just become consumed with that, and that's not healthy, and that kind of doesn't allow you to become your own individual self so I don't blame people who have that like feeling of shoot I peaked in high school because I was a varsity athlete and I consumed myself with that I actually had a conversation kind of similar to this with someone recently about just you don't need it the dangers of pursuing like a dream job like you don't need to have a dream job you can kind of just have a job you like and just enjoy your free time exactly (laughs) right right like like you don't need like a like you said, obviously you don't want to hate your job, um, but um, I don't want to be a nurse, like like defined as a nurse. Like that's not what I want to be known as. Obviously, it'll be I, I chose it because I think it'll be a fulfilling career, right, and I'm helping right. people. But like, there's so many people at my school who are just so consumed with it, and it's so it's like I worry for you. Like you're gonna get burnt out, and you're just you you're so individual like you're so individualized to this career and you're just not you're not expanding yourself yeah right? so it's and I, it's dangerous to i mean going that. back to the the determin determinism too i think mm-hmm. that is something that our culture kind of pushes in the, in the underlying scale right mm-hmm. my roommate and i in a couple podcasts ago we were talking about how um Everyone kind of wants a path to follow. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like you kind of did too a couple months ago, right? Yeah. You kind of wanted someone to tell you, okay, this is the path you're going down. This is the path, you know, whatever. And, and in some kind of way, that's kind of like determinism, right? I mean, when you're in high school in the United States, like I've said before, you, you're, the, the road goes like this. You go to high school, 
your parents say, oh, you need to go to college so you can get a good job. You go to college, and then you get out of college, and then hopefully you get a good job. All that was kind of determined for you by your parents. Right. Right? But, you know, and then we start seeing that kind of idea bleed over into so many different parts of our culture, right? So, I mean, you know, you get people who are, let's say, severely depressed and they go on like a shooting rampage, right? Mm -hmm. We see this time and time again where people are like, oh, well, they just had a really bad day and they had like, you know, a really bad childhood. So they were just bound, like it was bound to happen. Mm -hmm. And that's terrible. We should never think that way in terms of like, oh, well, they had a really bad day. It was bound to happen. Right. They were kind of like, it was, it was predetermined to happen. So we should give them a pass. Right. And I think there's a lot of issues in terms of thinking like, you know, everything's predetermined because then you could kind of discredit everyone's actions if they're good actions or bad actions. So we always have to keep that in mind when we're thinking about determinism versus free will and what that brings to the table in terms of humans as a whole. Yeah. And I think that's probably why I gravitated to it initially because it did, it did numb pain that I was feeling because I felt not accountable for it. Mm -hmm. And because I was just like, oh, it was, it was in the cards. Um, But I also realized like, if, if everything's determined, then how, how do other people feel accountable for their actions? If everyone had that mindset, then so many people would do so many bad things. Like, oh, yeah. they would, banks oh, would be yeah. robbed. People would be shot because they're just like, like I, I just, this was going to happen. I anyway. lost my job. I was, yeah, like, I was, whatever, man. I was going to rob this bank. <laughs> I was predetermined. Yeah. So I actually have a question for you. Um, like, I've always wondered if people who truly believe in determinism, which is still, is still valid, I guess, but how, how would they justify, like, laws, you know, like, I don't know if this question makes total sense. Oh, no, I get you. Because like, why would you need laws if everything's predetermined? Yeah. Like, or how would you prosecute laws? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was saying with the whole, like, shooter situation. Yeah. Kind of extreme, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge proponent of determinism. Right. I think if they were to, like, try to say anything, they'd probably just say, like, I don't know, because if you're a hardcore determinist, I guess you wouldn't be able to prosecute anyone. Yeah. Because then it's like, so then oh well, I guess we've, for lack of a better term, determined that we don't want to follow this philosophy. Yeah. That's not a good way to think. It's, yeah, like I think something. I think the best way to think about it is some things are predetermined, and then some things, but most things are free, right? Yeah. Like, if I wake up in the morning and I want breakfast. I'm hungry. I want breakfast. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I freely wanted breakfast. But, it was like. But the thing is, I I still struggle with knowing if that's free or not because we, in my opinion, we're all just like kind of biological agents. Like that, you wanting breakfast is a biological reaction from your stomach sure. telling your brain that you right. are hungry because you need food to live. So right. so that's kind of determined. Like sure, you wanting breakfast is just your need for food. So I. Yeah. I, and I, th- I think that's kind of what it is for everything. Like you wanting to hang out with your friends is your biological need for social companionship. Like, I think, I don't know. I think one way to think about if we are truly free or not is kind of look at people who are morbidly obese, right? Mm-hmm. And the, and I don't mean this in a very rude way. No, I mean this in a, like, um, you know, some people are morbidly obese, right? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, 
whether predetermined consciously or unconsciously choose to just lay in bed and eat all day. Mm-hmm. Some people who are morbidly obese make the decision to, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't entirely add up in my mind how some people could come to the conclusion that they want to change their lives while other people don't without the some kind of aspect of free will. Because if everything was predetermined, ideally, you know, if you had two people who had the same exact, what's it called? Like the same exact life, let's say, technically they'd both be predetermined to do something, but then their outcomes are different. So why would that be? But I, I, my problem with that is that, um, like there's little things, the smallest thing could trigger a little bit of motivation. Like maybe they, something, they saw a magazine, they saw a really fit guy. And that was the one thing that just pushed them over the edge just a little bit. And mm-hmm. that, that, that is a, a cause and effect that's determined, predetermined. Okay. They walked over and they saw the magazine that motivated them or even something as little as they see, see their friend eating a healthy dinner. And they're like, shoot, I sh- that motivates me. And I don't know. I don't think that we have an example of two perfectly identical lives to, to base that off of. That's true. So I think that if we were to think deterministically, um, I think we would probably, what am I trying to say? Just like there's just so many things that we don't realize could set people on a path, like the butterfly effect. Yeah, like, right, right. Um, so I don't know. It's just it's just hard to tell. You can't say you can't you don't have an example of two identical lives to no, go, no. base that claim off of. So right, I just think it, it's it's kind of hard to discredit someone who makes a very life changing decision like that. Yeah. Because, but also there are genetic predispositions for work ethic. I think and the way you're raised, like that's determined to you, right? Like because sure. right. you're just a product of your environment. So. Um, the way your parents raise you to take ownership of your health is not your choice. It's how you were taught. So maybe that's a difference in that, in your example. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. So I'm reading a book. Um, it's called, uh, why can't I think of it right now? It's by David Goggins. Oh God, I can't, can't think of it. That's okay. Anyways, it's by <laughs> David Goggins. He's, uh, he's a, later. yeah, he's a guy who pretty much, he was a Navy SEAL, and then he also became an Army Ranger, and he also became Air Force, whatever, whatever. Um, but he had, a, he had a shitty childhood. I'm talking really, really, really bad. Like, his dad was a pimp, like, abused him, his brother, and his mom. They ended up, like, running away. Like, he grew up in Indiana in the nine, 80s, 90s, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So, super racism. He actually bloomed up... 295 pounds almost 300 pounds and then one day he made the decision now he saw something and then he made the decision to change right and don't get me wrong seeing that one thing you say well he was predetermined to change but to what extent was that actually predetermined and he made that decision right because you could because in a sense like what happened was he came home one day from working a shitty job he turned on tv he was watching Discovery Channel, and then he saw these Navy SEALs doing all this badass Navy, Navy SEAL stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, my God, like, I need to do that. Like, I really want to do that, right? So 
it's just it's it's hard to say that that was totally predetermined right because he had such a terrible childhood and essentially he could react one of two ways there right he could have been oh that's cool and walked away yeah or he could be like that's really cool i need to do that so it's kind of hard to like draw the points back to where like what caused him to make that decision well everyone's born differently like we all have different abilities to i guess like like i said work ethic or just abilities to adapt to our environment like not everything is like like the whole nature versus nurture debate like not everything is based on nurture there's some things that you are born with so i think just having different temperaments and different um like personality traits that you are born with kind of can determine that i don't Mm -hmm. know if that's an exact answer to that question but i just still think that that that's not free will that's that's you being a certain way from birth and you were destined to have this personality trait in the back of your mind and then maybe one thing will trigger that to come out and then that will lead your path onto a different route um because i don't i still don't think that that's your own decision i don't that's not a very strong argument but it's just just there's biological temperaments that i think will dictate that for you i don't know it's okay, okay. if you disagree but okay <laughs> yeah it's it, it's 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 hard to say because we all don't know yeah. it just seems like the closer things are the more predetermined they are and the further they are they're they're more free um and i heard that from jordan peterson great guy but, oh yeah, he's like blowing up on the internet now. Yeah, because he's he's back. He got really sick at one point. Anyways, yeah. But um, he had a clip today actually, and it was actually really nice. But he was like, he's a clinical psychologist. Yeah. And um, he was talking about how the farther things are away in our life, the more freedom you have, right? So I could name like ten things I want to do this next year. I could be like, I want to go lift 500 pounds probably not gonna happen that'd be super cool um i want to go you know i want to go to disneyland i don't know if that's gonna happen because quarantine whatever um and you can name them whatever right mm-hmm. so all those are like you're you're pre-thinking about them right okay so you kind of like have a a web of what you could do yeah because you have so many idea ideas doesn't mean you're going to do them all it just means you have a web but the close you are here like me i'm parched right now I need some water, right? Since that is so immediate, it seems like that was, like, determined to happen. Mm-hmm. It seems like the further things are, are the, further, the further things are away from the time we're living now, it seems like we have more freedom to do things. Because Just the perception of freedom, though, right? Or, or do you actually think we do have the freedom to do them? I think so, because ultimately you can do, you could change whatever you want to change in your life right now. There's nothing stopping you. Okay. Like, if you wanted to... But what made you want that? Like, that's the thing. Like, that desire is determined. <laughs> um, I don't know. Because, like, every... Because what... Okay, what, what do you say... What do you want? You want to lift 500 pounds? Um, I, can, I can reduce that to a lot of different things, probably. Like, 
oh, you want you want to lift more because you want to maybe you, you're passionate about weightlifting. Why are you passionate about weightlifting? Because because it you wanted to be healthy and or you're a guy and you want to be strong and then that's that's a biological drive for men. They want to be right. strong. So that reduces to a biological thing and I think that that's that's not chosen by you. That's kind of ingrained in your biology and it just is manifested into this you want to deadlift 500 pounds sure um so i don't know that's just my that's what i've been contemplating and it's hard for me to grasp that i have the decision to to work for that even like you like a lot of people can say oh you have the decision right now just just work harder work work ethic is is a personality trait that can be that isn't really a choice in a way like kind of, it's hard to explain but like some people are just just destined to be harder workers than other people and that's kind of contradictory because that seems like something that you can control but i th- i know that some people are just able to work harder than see, others see now you could flip that in two ways though you could think that that is predetermined they're predetermined to work harder or you can think that people are freely have the freedom to choose to work harder or not because ultimately, there's 1% of people in all of society, mm-hmm. right? Why doesn't the other 90% of people not choose to be like them? You could say, oh, they're predetermined not to be like them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, then, if people were predetermined to not be like them, it doesn't make sense to me why, why are there outliers in anything, Right. You could, yeah. you could, I mean, it just seems like you could always say like, oh, well, they're predetermined. Oh, well, they were predetermined. Oh, well, they were predetermined, right? Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't make sense in terms of like, if you come from a really shitty background, mm-hmm. why would you ever strive to be anything more than that? Well, maybe they are presented a bad example and they just, uh, I think it could go either one or two ways. You, you either follow in your footsteps or you see that bad example and you're like, I am absolutely not going to be like that. But see, but why? Why does someone make that choice? And that's what I'm saying, like... It seems like it seems to <laughs> yeah. me that we're getting to the point of, like, there has to be some kind of freedom. And, okay. like, I'm, I don't know, to, don't know to what degree, because mm-hmm. ultimately, I'm not God. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, right? Yeah. But what we do know in terms of... I'm going to kind of do a, a switcheroo here. Okay. But in terms of computers, right, mm-hmm. we're finding that quantum computers are extremely fast mm-hmm. compared to normal computers. Do you know anything about quantum computers? Not not a ton. So normal computers are around on what's called binary. Ones and okay. zeros, ons and offs. Mm-hmm. So you have to, let's say you make this huge code, uh, like if you're making a binary code, not like any of the code, coding we use today. Mm-hmm. But it's all based on ones and zeros. So if, you know, if you want to say yes, let's say it's a one. If you want to say no, it's a zero. And the reason why it takes kind of long to get to a certain place now, I'm super simplifying things, yeah. is because you have to make all these yes or no answers, okay. right? I'm familiar with that, I think, yeah. Okay. okay. So you have to make all these yes or no answers to get to where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Quantum computing, I think it gives you five options. So it gives you a yes, no, mm-hmm. a spin, a counter spin, and a sideways or something. Okay. And what they're finding is that when a computer has more options to work through a problem, they run faster, hmm. right? So that kind of that to to make a full circle, that kind of um, counteracts like my initial like fears. Like <laughs> when I had more options, I was stopped. But 
you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he's probably continue. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. with having more options, they can process more things, more outcomes, mm-hmm. more problems in everyday life. Okay. Right. So I think it's possible it could be one of two things, right? We could have absolute freedom mm-hmm. or our brain just has so many options in which we can process things that it's almost like we could never, like things could be predetermined, but we could oh. never really realize it to what extent it is because yeah. there's so many options in our brain. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it's That's a lot to take in. <laughs> it is. And I mean, especially with quantum computing too, like our brains are so phenomenal because quantum computing, the, the problem with quantum computing and AI and stuff like that, they're not good at intuition, right? And what intuition is, is like, I could tell you to think of a pink elephant. You know exactly right then and there what a pink elephant is, right? With a computer, quantum computing or nor- normal computing, they have to be like, pink what is pink is it red no is it purple no is it white no yellow no so mm-hmm. and then they're like ah pink mm-hmm. okay what's an elephant oh well that has uh, it has ears okay is it a mouse no oh yeah. is it this you know it has to go through all these steps mm-hmm. to get to the same spot now computers work really well i mean we could google anything we want and it's there in like half a second right but they have to work a lot harder to get to the same answer whereas okay. we just I could say something and it's, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, of course, you could say, well, that was determined to be like that or whatever. But I don't think we should discredit the amount of brain power that we have because we truly don't really know how our brain works. No, that's totally valid and that's a good example. Um, it's just, It's just tough when... I just come from such a, like, in my education, like, my science education, I just am so ingrained with, like, the brain is an organ just like the stomach, and the brain is just, is, it's just a bunch of neurons working together, and one neurotransmitter um, affects the next one. Oh, for sure, so, yeah. So, it just, in my mind, it's hard to to both have that mentality and also the mentality of free will because i just believe we are all we are all just biology we're all just part of the physical world and, sure yeah um, um that's a, that's very common in philosophy of mind like yeah. everyone is a physicalist okay and um like i took this philosophy of consciousness class one time that's cool. it was pretty crazy um <laughs> but it was kind of interesting because he was talking about how it is possible that everything is conscious. And I know we're kind of splitting off from like the free will stuff. That's okay. But um, <laughs> we he was talking about how, I forgot what the technical term was, but he was developing a, a idea that everything is conscious. Mm-hmm. Everything. Like, doesn't matter if you're table, atoms, everything. And what he was trying to do was reduce down the brain, right? So... You know, our whole brain, like we have the, I think it's the corpus callosum. Is that the X or whatever? Yes. Yeah. So that connects. Attaches the left and left, right brain. The left and right, right? Yeah. So there are some people, they have surgery to detach that to help them with seizures or whatever, I believe. Um, yeah. And they, they're still conscious, but their brains aren't communicating with each other. I think they have issues where like 
you tell them to like read something and they uh-huh. can't i can't remember what yeah it is. so it, i remember this in psychology like um they're they're so the right brain is for um like no the, sorry the right brain is for like creative thinking and the left brain is for like logic and you can't you and like speaking you you won't be able to articulate certain creative thoughts yes, yes. so that's that's it's very interesting because usually usually those type of people can live normal lives but just certain things yeah they just can't like, right? yeah so So what he was saying was that, like, since we could split those and your brain can still function, it's possible that you have two separate conscious entities now since they're not connected. That's weird. Which is kind of interesting, right? Yeah. And he's like, and it'd be kind of cool because I think he brought up an instance where someone was missing, like, most of their frontal lobe. Mm Mm-hmm like this baby and then the doctors are like this baby's gonna die because yeah that's that's all your consciousness is what they think but what they found the girl ended up growing up and being perfectly normal Mm -hmm. super strange so i don't know where i was going with that but no but but that's interesting yeah like uh it's possible that we could you know reduce down everything to being to where everything is conscious at different levels it doesn't mean that human consciousness is the same as chair oh, consciousness yeah. or oh for sure or water consciousness or whatever but it's just kind of interesting because ultimately what we don't know about the brain is where do thoughts come from mm-hmm. and since we don't know that it's really hard to say if things are for and against like for free will or for determinism because we don't know mm-hmm. but i think for us we have to assume that we're free just because, you know, we already brought up the idea of how would we enact laws because that just wouldn't work, right? Right. Um, but I think another one, because I wrote this paper and it was the only paper I got 100% on ever in my... <laughs> Humble brag. Uh, oh my gosh, like, oh, I felt so good. <laughs> but it was kind of roughly based on existentialism. And the context of the paper was, what is faith? And it was mm-hmm. a philosophy religion class. I thought it was a stupid-ass class, but nonetheless. <laughs> it's okay. Um so, or like, should people have faith? I think what the prompt was. Anyways, um, I pretty, this is the, the argument I laid out. I was like, well, look, there seems to be certain facts of reality that we have to live with. One is that the universe doesn't give a shit about you. Mm-hmm. The a meteor can come down and destroy the entire planet. And there's nothing that we could ever do about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it is what it is. Earthquake could happen. You know what I mean? You get hit by a car. Yep. Nothing really matters. And now that's really dark, right? Another really dark thing is that we're going to die. <laughs> Bummer. So, um, we're all going to, we're, none of us are going to make it out of this world alive. Like, we're all going to die. Yeah. Nothing you could do. As of right now, I'd be, I think it'd be kind of cool if, like, they developed some kind of, you know, conscious simulation thing. That'd be kind of sweet. Well, this is a whole other debate, but I wouldn't want to live it forever. I I, no, yeah. That's <laughs> we don't have to get too. into that. Yeah, that's another thing, too. <laughs> but anyway, so we're all going to die, right? Um, but with with what having with with those two things being a fact, it kind of puts everything on us to make ourselves happy. Yeah. The universe doesn't care about us, so we, the individual, have to care about us. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, I have to care about myself because nothing cares about me. Yeah. All right. And then you pair that with, oh man, well, I'm gonna die one day. So since my time is limited. I have to go do things I want to do. Yeah. You know? So I need to make myself happy because nothing is nothing else is going to make me happy. Right. And I'm going to die, so I need to go do the things I want to do. So in a sense, like, you have to 
ultimately pursue things with the freedom you have to make yourself happy. Yeah. And that's really hard for a lot of people because a lot of people, I don't think, self-reflect enough to really examine like what makes <laughs> yeah. what makes them happy. Um, but, you know, in terms of that essay, like faith, I was like, well, you know, faith makes you happy. It makes you happy. It is what it is, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you, do, you ultimately you have to do things that's going to fulfill your own life. And whether, you know, I don't, whether that's predetermined or if that's not, you have to assume that you're free so you can make yourself happy. Because if you assume that you're determined, I don't think that you will create situations of you being happy. No, I, I agree with that um, for sure. And going back to like the dying thing, like one of, one of my favorite quotes is like, the best thing, the best thing is also the worst thing about death is both the best thing and the worst thing about life because the fact that it's limited mm-hmm. gets us to actually do the things that we want for sure and it's just bummer that it ends but it's good that it ends yeah my, my roommate and i were talking and i was like yeah if you live forever like i'd feel like i wouldn't do anything exactly <laughs> it, it gets you to get off your ass and yeah just go I, live your i'll life. just i'll get to it <laughs> but sometime but my problem with like not not with what you said i completely agree with what you said but my problem with myself is I keep wondering, does, does this, is this thing actually make me happy or am I happy because I think it should make me happy? You know what I mean? Like there's certain things that I'm wondering if I should change, like if there's a problem, should I try to fix the problem or should I try to change my mindset on the problem? I don't know if that makes sense. Can you give me more of an example? Yeah. So let's see. Yeah, like let's say you're in a in a marriage and you're 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 happy enough with the marriage and it's going well. Um is it's hard to know if you need to fix the marriage or divorce. I don't know if this is a good the best example. This is the only thing I come up with right now, but like it, I think it's just ultimately gets my point across. Like do we are you asking like should we settle or should you pursue something different is that what you're trying to say like how do you determine that let me rephrase this actually so like um i i have problems with like so i remember i took a philosophy class a long time ago and we learned about the idea of it's called the triple y technique so you you ask why why you want to do something three times and eventually if you keep saying why it'll ultimately just be happiness like sure right so Mm -hmm. it's And then, so that got me thinking, like, why, so we could basically do anything that could make us happy, but how do I know if it's making me happy or if I'm doing it because I think it's making me happy? So if I bring in the marriage example, like, um, a lot of people are happy in a marriage because they think it's what they need to do. Like, they think, oh, being married is success, and they're happy because it's, they've, they've reached the societal expectation. Sure. But Mm -hmm. how do I know if I'm happy in this situation or if I just think I should be happy and and to follow up with that how do I know what truly makes me happy if what I'm doing like if anything could be I do it just reduces to happiness and 
I don't know. I don't think everything reduces to happiness because there's a lot of things I do that I don't find fulfilling. But you know it will find you will find fulfillment in the future because you're doing it. Like if you have a shitty job, you know you'll be fulfilled with the money you get from that job. Uh, I don't know about that. I work a shitty job right now. <laughs> but, it, but it pays the bills. You yeah. do it to pay the bills. You yeah. do it for a purpose. You yeah, know, paying I, the bills will make you happy. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if that would be a happiness thing. I think that's more of a survival thing. But surviving is happiness. Not not necessarily because. Well, like, did you learn like, about Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yeah. So, like, you need you need food and water and survival in order to be happy. So it's it's a it's a means to become but, happy. But but what? Yeah, right. But surviving is not equated to happiness because you do have to have that baseline survival so you could even get to the point of happiness, right? And like, the reason why like people are depressed and stuff like that is because they feel like their survival is at risk. So okay. everything they do is not fulfilling. It's not happy. It's not creating happiness. Mm-hmm. So you need to have that baseline survival, right? So yeah. sometimes you're kind of put in situ- situations where you don't want to do things. Mm-hmm. But you have to do them. It doesn't make you happy. You know, like if I walk down the street and someone tries to mug me and I end up killing a guy, I didn't do that out of happiness. <laughs> I did that yeah. out of survival, right? So I think like... Not everything you do is out of happiness per se, but things you want to pursue is probably out of happiness. Now, if you are sitting there and you're having this thought of like, well, is this really making me happy? I think odds are it's probably not making you happy. Yeah. Right? Because if you're having that kind of second guessing nature of, well, is this really making me happy? Or am I just convincing myself it's happiness or blah, 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 blah you're not really enjoying the moment. I think like happiness really is you being so involved with the moment or the thing you're doing that you're really not concerned about if it's making you happy or not. Yeah, cuz you already know it's making you happy yeah. and you're questioning it. Yeah. I think like you could we we're really good about retroactively thinking about things and thinking about things in the future, right? So we can like I've hung out with people where retroactively I'm like I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> like, that was terrible, right? That was not a good experience, Fair. right? Yeah. And then, like, in the future, you could look and be like, hmm, you know, me hanging out with those people, those people are kind of like the last people I hung out with, and I don't like them, oh, so... Oh, so you were able to pull from past experience yes, and yes. implement in the future. Yeah. Yeah. To, like, per, like prevent the unhappiness or whatever. Just learn from your mistakes, Exactly. Maybe. <laughs> Learning from your mistakes, right? So, yeah, mm-hmm. um... That's pretty much my thoughts on that anyways. But I, I mean, I, I know I said this before, but I just think that, like, you did say that you need to survive in order to be happy. So I just still think that that can, that's still a reduction to happiness. So I think I, you're thinking about the reduction oppositely. Am I? Yeah. Because, and if you're, if you're surviving, I wouldn't say that, like, surviving is fulfilling all the time. But it can lead to fulfillment once you feel like you are you are not your life isn't at risk anymore it, it could but i think we're thinking about it from a first world country perspective oh. right so we're thinking about this because we have a lot of leisure in living life yeah <laughs> you know we're not really at, at risk ever right like yeah we could walk outside nothing's gonna happen you know but if you're constantly in this battle for survival like there's this there's this guy uh, his name is um, Hobbes uh, Thomas Hobbes he's a philosopher. Okay. 
he has this idea that humans are just animalistic by nature mm -hmm. and if we don't have laws and we don't have like what he called the social contract that we all live oh by. i've heard of that I, yeah yeah I just so Thomas Hobbes. if we don't have this social contract of like not killing each other and like having law and order and stuff mm -hmm. like that we will go out and be very animalistic yeah and if we're in that animalistic type state i don't think i wouldn't think that pleasure is like happiness you're happy in that state now some people would i'm sure some people would be perfectly happy if things were like metal as shit <laughs> you know what i mean like some yeah. people would be like all right now i could just like beat people up like this is great but i don't think most people would be like that i think well, most people would be much more fearful and i wouldn't say they would be happy in that situation they would just be surviving in that situation but also animalistic tendencies are to form connections with people. You need to be in a pack. Like there's a reason why humans gravitate towards other humans is because survival, from a survival standpoint, you are more likely to survive if you have companions with you. So I think mm -hmm. that you, you can still have an animalistic nature without being in like the purge. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, so. that, was, that was just Hobbes, is that? Like, okay, yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I think humans are much more communal than what Hobbes says. Yeah. But that was just an example. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's hard to, it's just hard to pinpoint what truly makes a person happy. And I think going back to like mindset, um, I think when I, when, when the semester started, one of the reasons why I felt like I was in a downward spiral and kind of depressed was I was in a new situation where I was in, in a house all the time, like with the same people. Um, just doing the same thing over and over again. And I think I was trying to contemplate is, is this make, do I need to change this? Do I need to do something about this? Or do I need to change my mindset? Like, should I just accept this is what the pandemic is like? This is what normal life is like. I sit in my room in online class all day. Or do I do something about it? Like, do I try my best to go out of the house as much as I can? Or it was just, I, I just felt torn between decisions again. Like I was more indecisive again. And it just got me thinking like how, it was kind of unsettling to, to realize that your mind is so powerful and you can just make yourself happy by choosing to do things that, that yeah. I don't know. I think it's a little more complex than that. But acceptance is a huge, huge thing that I think people kind of discredit because mm -hmm. in one of my podcasts i was like you should definitely um i really wish you listened to this podcast with iman dang it um I'll let's do it eventually <laughs> yeah there's a lot of, there's a lot of what kind of what we hit on um okay. but you need to accept like you need to accept the situation you're in but not be compliant with situations you're in Okay. Does that make sense yeah because if you want to make change you have to you have to look around and be like all right I'm in my house seven days a week because there's a pandemic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you you have to accept that. Like there's yeah. no, you you can't not accept that. Like yeah. that's the thing. But that doesn't mean you have to be compliant with that fact, right? Yeah. So you you could accept it be like, all right, I'm locked in my house. I don't like this. So yeah. you're, then you're like, I accepted it. I don't like this. So you're not being compliant with it. Then you could make change. Yeah. So that's where you kind of have to. Take what you know you can't control and do just make the most of it. Exactly. In a, in a simpler way yeah, yeah and you know that's kind of a hard thing to do but it's mm -hmm. just the reality in which 
everyone has to go right. about it. You know what I mean? No, that makes a lot of sense. So. Yeah, I think I've been able to implement that much more this semester. Like I started to, like I get my 10,000 steps in each day. I take my computer out. I go on walks with my online class on and I'll just, I'll do yeah, what I so can. I mean, that's great. So I've, I'm definitely coping with the given situation much better now. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. so it's definitely better. I am not in that, <laughs> that downward spiral anymore. I've kind of gotten out of it and just gained momentum with things that I know that I can control. Right. Um, so yeah, it's definitely better. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's it. That's good. <laughs> did we hit all your notes? Um, I did have one more question. Um, just overall, um, I was doing a little bit of research into, did you ever look into Kierkegaard? Yeah. So I like, love I, that guy. One of my favorite philosophers. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I was, so he, his, what, I, to my knowledge, his big thing was like, he, he had trouble finding the compatibility between like certain things in his life. Like I know that he didn't think that he could have like a passionate love and also like a stable marriage. And he was just torn between a lot of decisions. Mm -hmm. um, so he, he like his big thing is like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Is yeah. that true? Yeah. So how, if, how would you go about, cause basically that was my problem right off the bat was my indecisiveness and in not knowing um, what decision to make. And, and when I choose something, I, all I can think about is the regret that I didn't choose the other thing. Yeah. Um, right. And that's so, a huge theme in like, yeah. existentialism. Yeah. So how, what is your recommendation on going about that angst? <laughs> and maybe if you can bring in Kierkegaard, if you have anything, cause I didn't get. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you have to choose things you're going to regret less. But the thing and, is, like, I didn't, I just, I regret, I would regret them equally. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know, or at least I thought so. Yeah, I, I think you just have to, like, you have to really examine what, what the options are, right? I mean, since, you know, ultimately, I know you, you want to defend determinism a lot, but <laughs> I don't think you live your life thinking, like, I am predetermined to go yes. do this. Because yeah. nobody, even if... I've met people who are really hardcore determinists. They don't live their life like they're deterministic, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They just be like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. Then they live their life like they're free. Yeah. Now, since you're kind of living your, everyone lives their life that they're free, you're faced with so many choices in your life because life is complicated, mm -hmm. right? And you cannot do everything at one time, right? So you really do have to assess what is going to have you the have the least amount of regret depending on the decision you want. focus on the positives of the choice you made. <laughs> yeah, because you can't see into the future. And that's where it's like, our, and going back to our brains, our brains are so good, are so good at trying to predict what's yeah. going to happen. But ultimately, we can't. You can only see it from the future looking back in the past, not the past looking in the yeah, future. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I if I think right now, I think, oh, in about an hour, we'll be playing spike ball. <laughs> Will we be playing spike ball in an hour? I don't we know. We don't know. But that's where my, my brain thinks, right? Mm -hmm. But I could be like, ah, an hour ago, we started this podcast. Because that's a fact. That yeah. happened. So, ultimately, like, if you, you know, you said you wanted to do weightlifting or piano, right? Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> like, 
to me, I think that's like a very trivial thing. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> think that's like a super like, oh my god, no, what exactly. are we doing? That's but, just an example of where my mind went in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I got gotcha. you. But ultimately, like in that situation, it's like, well, would I regret not getting gains, or would I regret <laughs> it not not uh, you know? making more music or something i don't know like no no but i get what you're saying yeah it's like oh well you know like for you it's like oh well i got this weightlifting competition coming up i should probably go get some gains like you know Maybe. what i mean you know yeah. what i mean so, no yeah it makes sense it's just i have a i just have trouble looking at the negatives whenever i make a decision and i just i look at oh what could have been um Instead of, oh, look what I have now. And just. Yeah, you kind of got to, I mean, you kind of just have to let go. Yeah. And that's really hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You kind of just have to let things go as they go. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if you're constantly putting yourself in this hole of what could have happened, yeah. you're never going to progress anywhere. Yeah. So I think you always have to keep that in mind of like, sure, I could have. I could have not gone to Davis. I could have gone to Sac State. My life could have been totally different. I could have could have done this, this, and that. But the fact of the matter is that didn't happen. And you, oh yeah, like ahead. since that didn't happen, it didn't influence who you like. Since that didn't happen, only the events that did happen influence who you are today. Yeah, and I think I became so hyper aware of how everything leads to the person you are that I was analyzing everything because I knew that that was going to happen. I knew a year from now a choice I made could completely change who I am because I just felt like we are just like these empty canvases that like like even every personality trait just kind of is formed by your choices that you make on a day-to-day basis and I don't know what what the future holds. Sorry, Josh's girlfriend just brought in a cat and I'm distracted. <laughs> um but yeah, so I, I just never like I couldn't like differentiate. You couldn't that. rationalize like what yeah. So so but I'm I'm realizing like I don't believe that everything happens for a reason, but I think the idea behind that is that everything ends up working out pretty much for the most part, unless there's something so tr- like like that sh- is super traumatic that should never happen. But like um like things will work out if you have if you have rationale behind your decisions and you just go with it and you just commit. Yeah. Um and what do you think about like everything happening for a reason? I'm curious. Like do you um, believe that no, or what I, is your idea behind that? I think uh I've had some very strange moments in my life and like I said you could only look into the past. Mm-hmm. So I'm just using my own experience. It's yeah. very anecdotal. It's not yeah. I'm not saying this for everyone. But for me what I found is that in my life, things have just happened to work out, mm-hmm. right? Like me, you know, my story about going to college, like I went to DVC because I didn't get into UC Davis coming out of high school. When I was at DVC, UC Davis ended up dropping exercise biology. I was mm-hmm. crushed. I ended up trying to go to Sac State, right? And then I got uh, rejected from Sac State because their kinesiology was so impacted, and then I ended up changing my major, going into philosophy, going to UC Davis. So, I mean, in a weird way, I ended up going to the school I always wanted to go to, but the path in which I got there was totally different. 
That's true. So for me, it just seems like you could always look back and see how you got to where you are today. And most of the time, it kind of it kind of works out, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, you know, you could also look back and be like, well, this is the, these are the steps how it didn't work out this way. Yeah. But ultimately, like, you have to, I think you have to just see how things work. Yeah. That no, that, make, makes, that makes sense. sense. No, it does. Because I'm sure you have moments in your life where you could go back and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is like. A very pivotal moment I didn't realize in the moment, but it, it got me to where I am today kind of thing. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually recommended Jenny this book. Um, we can wrap it up if this is going long, but like, um, it's called Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. I don't know if you've heard of Deepak uh-uh. Chopra. Uh-uh. Um, I've read this book three times. It's amazing. But he has this idea of the law of detachment and the law of intention. So if you, um, if you are detached from the outcome, uh, but you are still you still intend on reaching that outcome. Um, you'll actually more, you're much more likely to reach that outcome. And I, I believe that that applies to you. Um, you thought you, you got a lot of rejection from schools and stuff, but you ended up in the same place because the way you were acting, you were acting in accordance to what you wanted, but you, your you were okay with going a completely different path. Like you were okay with going to community college in order to get there. You were okay to, um, switch your major in order to just ultimately get to the place where you need to be. Um, I can't, I can't recommend this book enough. Like it's, it's amazing in my opinion, but, um, but just like being detached from like this set plan, um, is very important and being okay with just having that intention of working hard and going the way you want to go. But, um, oh gosh. Yeah. I I mean, like even me looking back at EMT school, like I went to EMT school kind of on a whim, like not really on a whim, but kind of just one day I, I was like. I'm graduating soon. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to go into fire before. Now I want to go into fire. So now I'm going to sign up for this EMT class, yeah. right? Then I get into this EMT class and I take it and then I get my license and I'm like, all right. Then I wasn't using it. And then, you know, COVID happened. And then I was like, oh shit, I still have my EMT license. Mm-hmm. And I became EMT. So it's like that kind of worked out in terms of like me not being poor <laughs> like like well, i'm still poor but like not super poor you're not being homeless <laughs> you're not being homeless right so you know like things do things oddly things happen for a reason and it's always weird that you can't you can never see the reason moment of because like believe me when i got rejected from sac state it did not feel good i'm I sure felt it terrible didn't. i tried like it was not it wasn't, <laughs> that's okay it wasn't good but you know you could only see things how how they are now relative exactly. to how they were so yeah every moment that i've like thought was awful has l- led me to actually great opportunities even yeah. even going through a pit of depression last semester has brought me out a much wiser person no yeah. but like i know mo- much more about life than i did i'm a much different person than i was a year ago because i've experienced that mm-hmm. um just moments of reflection and i'm still figuring it out we're all still figuring it out um, but I'm, I'm on the right path and I'm realizing like the importance of putting, putting the energy out that you want to receive, like the golden rule, like treat others how you want to be treated and just, um, present yourself the way you want to be thought of. And just like, if you give out good energy and you just 
be the best person that you're trying to be, like good things will happen. It's car- yeah. karma is karma, real. No, yeah, like yeah. like I believe in the karma of not the karma of like you, like if, if something will fall out of the sky because like you did something good, but yeah. like the like what goes around comes around. What what you oh, reap is sure. what you sow for sure. For sure. The, no, I agree. Uh, the universe has a perfect accounting system, um, but. So I think as long as you just keep that in mind, I think good things will happen to everyone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. I think we're approaching like an hour and ten. So Dang. we're wrapping this up. Good conversation. That was though. a good conversation. I like that. Kayla. Yeah. That was fun. Good. I think it went well. Yeah. I hope it, you know, gave you some kind of different perspective. Because I know a lot of people don't want to talk about this stuff. No, I and I then, do. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, you know. I know you do, and I know I do, but a lot of people don't. So you're like, hey, no, have you ever thought of determinism? I, people are like, what the fuck are you talking no, about? No, I was the reason why I was nervous for this because I don't usually, I usually am just watching YouTube videos at night and I don't actually talk <laughs> about it. So this is like, am I going to be able to articulate my thoughts correctly? Like, I just, the first time I really talked about this was with Jenny like two days ago, and it felt really good. I was like, ooh, I can bring these up with Josh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, no, it was good. Yeah, I don't often talk about this. So I'm, I'm glad it went well and I was able to bring things up. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Thanks thanks for coming. Thanks for bringing me on. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Do you want to plug your Instagram or Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a private account, but oh. I might accept you. Um Kayla Jenkins too. <laughs> I don't know, that's my Instagram. <laughs> um yeah, hit me up. I love to be friends. We can talk about philosophy if you're interested. So, send me a direct message. Oh, that's awesome. All Great. right. Well, thanks, Kayla. <laughs> No problem.